What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 159 of TLDR Podcast. Uh, it's wedding week, boys. Uh, it's crazy. It's here. Getting married on Friday. Y'all are going to be there with me. Uh, super excited for that. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just told the guys right before we started, like, it's today's the first day I started feeling like, like legitimate butterflies and like really getting nervous and excited for the whole thing. Uh, today was my last day of work. So now it's like, I'm not at work for the next, you know, 12 days or however long it is. So I'm getting excited. Um, I'm excited to hang out with you guys here shortly. Um, but we're going to get obviously to the rest of the podcast. Uh, we, we got, um, some more baseball that Alex is going to head this week. We'll, we'll go over those series picks and, and the, and the trade deadline that just passed. Um, trading has a little bit of a fun segment. We're going to talk about what, uh, the best franchise of all time for each uh, major sport. So we're looking forward to that one. And then we'll finish the podcast with another NFL preview with James talking about the NFC North. So it uh, should be another great podcast for you guys. Let's check in with the boys, Traden, uh, uh, tank top and all. How you doing? I'm good. Um, I'm, I'm very good. Uh, Tyler, I'm excited for your wedding. Uh, one thing I'm going to tell you, and I know that I speak for Alex when I say this, I know the butterflies are there. You're going to, you're, you're going to feel it all the way up until you know friday the minute the ceremony is done it's the best fucking feeling of the day it's it that because then it's over because then you don't have to worry about fucking anything alex i know you agree with me on that and we talked about this actually after i got married um as soon as you get done with that it's it's smooth sailing you're good you're 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 solid so look forward to that yeah definitely you know i think i think that's obviously the most nerve-wracking part because it's probably the most serious part and obviously the the main part of why you're actually there uh, but then after that, it's just party time. So I think I think that's a little bit more uh, low key. But thirty minutes, that's it. Yeah. yeah, get through it. You got it. No, for sure. Um, I think the uh, the the shots before will help Alex. So um, I know you're gonna <laughs> probably probably bring those. But uh, how? But how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Uh, yes, Tyler has requested bourbon or whiskey. So if anyone wants to give us any shout outs, I know James and I uh, drink a fair amount of bourbon and whiskey. So I have some ideas. But I'm always open to suggestions. Uh, agree with Traded. Uh, the second the ceremony part is over, you're just like, oh my god, I did the the hardest part. And then you get like another little bit. At least I did when you have to do the first dance with oh, yeah. your yeah. new wife, because then you're again the center of attention. But then after that, it's just like hanging out, seeing all these people that came to you know who love you and came to support you. So um, that is great. Yeah, Tyler, I'm very excited. Uh, I mean, also just another good way to get off of work. So take that <laughs> on both of those. Yeah, that's that, that. That's always a good perk. I know a couple of my not because I really love you and Jessica. Just yeah, yeah you don't. Well, I just work. don't want to go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I definitely know some of, some of my coworkers are looking forward to that. They're like, thank God your wedding's coming up because I could use a break. So I'm like, you're very welcome, <laughs> James. How are you doing, bud? Good man. I'm pretty excited for your wedding week. Wedding weeks are always fun. Um, I'm actually really really excited for this one because last time before tradings i was very stressed but this time i just kind of get to walk and enjoy and take it all in and not have to say much so i'm excited excited with the boys as always and uh yeah just an early congratulations to, to justin tyler this is this is gonna be fun oh yeah uh thank you guys and i'm looking like i said looking forward to all the festivities that we're about to partake in but uh let's get into the podcast we're gonna start off lead off with some baseball talk um we're gonna get into the uh well let's do a trade deadline first um since that just passed and um uh it's all done some trades are made some some were not we're gonna get into it alex take it away 
Yes. Thank you, Tyler. Um, yeah, obviously taking over for you while you were hosting, but feels like a, a day we couldn't skip baseball. It was kind of a, a needed day to talk about. But yeah, the trade deadline ended about two and a half-ish hours ago. Uh, some teams made moves, some teams didn't. Uh, definitely some questionable ones. Um, but yeah, we're going to go over, you know, let's start. It's wedding week. We're going to start positive. So we're going to go around, check on the boy, see what the boys think is either, you know, you can either pick a team or a player that you maybe thought went to a, a good destination or maybe the trade itself. They got whatever the package, either way, whatever you guys are feeling. Uh, James, I don't know why I looked at your face first. So why don't you go first? Because I'm beautiful, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously a big angles guy. So I want to talk a little angles here. The, uh, the Angels, the Angels front office, the Angels fans, people who work at Angel Stadium are the real winner here because they kept Shohei. And that means people are still going to go to the games instead of nobody going to their games. And then they made a ton of great moves that pretty much turned them into the Rockies. So I'm confused at how the Rockies have been so bad for this so long when the Angels plucked their best players. And all of a sudden, they're doing amazing. Like Mike Rostakis has been there for a while now. They just picked up Randall Gritchick and CJ Krohn, all Rockies who are now Angels and who have now just magically been doing so good. The Angels look decent. They're only like what, four games out of the AL West for the division lead. They're three games back from the wild card. It's not looking too shabby for the Angels. They beat the best team in the league yesterday, and they're only down by one in the fifth inning to the best team in the league in the Atlanta Braves. I like what the Angels are doing. I think they've solidified themselves offensively. They've solidified themselves just starting pitching-wise with Lucas Giolito and then picking up Ronaldo Lopez in that same deal and this uh, Dominic Leone from the Mets for their bullpen. It's like a very complete team. And for the first time since I've started watching baseball, the Angels are making a push, and I'm excited. Yes. Uh, if anyone wants to hear all four of us nail the prediction of Shohei staying, go back and listen to last week's episode. Um, you know, two of us are Angels fans, two of us are not, but I think all four of us are pumped that Shohei stayed um, and really want to see the Angels succeed. So, yeah, hopefully they can keep going, um, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you feel about it. Those two teams ahead of them uh, also made some big moves that we might get to in a little bit. Trade in. What about you? What do you think? Who do you think made uh, made a big trade uh, in a positive way? This yeah, this, uh... um, you know, quickly just to just to um, you know, piggyback off of James on that. Um, I I I actually think um, the biggest winner is actually Shohei because as, as him particularly because I think for the first time since he's been in in Anaheim, he saw that the team actually is willing to go for it, and and that alone might be enough for him to think okay. Maybe I want to stay here. So, or and even if he doesn't, he actually has meaningful baseball to play for the next couple months. When was the last time we had that? I don't, I don't remember if I, if ever since he's been around. So, um, he's actually going to play meaningful baseball. So he's a winner there. Um, even though he wasn't in any trade, <laughs> um, um, for my winner, I'm gonna go with, um, I'm gonna go with Houston Astros. Uh, the Houston Astros are a fucking wagon again. Uh, all <laughs> and that's scary. <laughs> Because uh, they're in the division that we're uh, that you know that we're vying for. Um, on top of that, we also saw the Texas Rangers load up too, and in a time where they're kind of they were kind of having a bad slump. So uh, you know that's not great. But the Houston Astros seem to have turned a corner, and and, and all of a sudden, um, you know, bringing in Drew, uh, you know, uh, they did send out some prospects, but 
but to 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 bring back Justin Verlander, another uh, you know a, a guy who, uh, you know, we we all. All know Justin Verlander obviously his time in, uh, with uh, with New York obviously came to a screeching halt there. Um, but the Houston Astros are a team that you know they're not the highest on the payroll; they're about tenth, but they're always, always, always competitive, um, and and we know that. And and they're a team that continues to find ways to maintain um, that, that competitive uh, that competitive state. Again, this is no different. We, they started out weak. They had a bit of a turnaround. They're like, okay, we need to go for it because they see Texas is going for it. The Angels are, are right on their tail. Um, and then all the other team, all the other um, teams like the, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of uh, Orioles, uh, the, you know, all those teams that are ahead of them in terms of the, uh, you know, uh, the league, they loaded up too. So um, the Astros were like, we're, we're no different. We're going to go for it. And that's what continues to make them a winner across you know every single season yeah i like that yeah obviously the al west uh really really went for it at least those top three teams with scherzer and verlander getting traded four teams now rivals uh on the two teams in the front of that division they're only a game apart with the angels uh being a little sneaky little brother back there trying their best to catch up with the big boys uh tyler what about you what do you think positives for this trade deadline yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the two I had were the Astros and the Angels. So I think you guys kind of uh, already kind of uh, nailed the coffin there. But um, I, I think they both did a great job. I think, like I said, with to James' point, I think seeing the Angels go for it for the first time in a long time, is it's, it's just an awesome thing to see. You know, Astros, it's, I hate to say it, and I don't like seeing it, but you got you to give them credit for going and getting their 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 ace again. And I think for Verlander being back in Houston, that's a huge win for him as well. Um, also, I'll just, I guess, throw out, the Mets, you know, the fact that they actually did what they're supposed to do and get rid of these awful contracts and these players that obviously were not allowing allowing them to win, get some prospects in return. I think especially with that uh, Verlander trade, they 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 got a few uh, really good players back. So hopefully that they can start, you know, reimagining this team and kind of move forward from the disaster that was their 2023 season. Yeah, the Mets. Yeah, so I agree. Um, I'm going to go positives on teams teams selling. Um, just because I know it's fun to see like who got the big, big boys. Um, but teams like the Mets, they got out of these enormous contracts with Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. To be fair, they're still sending a shit ton of money to the Rangers and Astros respectively, but they got out of that Mark Canna, Tommy Pham, Eduardo Escobar earlier to the Angels. So they did get rid of a lot of contracts and that could potentially help them sign Pete, Alon Pete Alonso long-term and kind of even out their payroll because it was very, very top heavy, obviously. Um, and they've not been performing, but like James mentioned, the Rockies sold, that was good. The Cardinals sold, that was good. They're trying to revamp. So I think a lot of teams did a really good job revamping. Uh, as for a positive for me, I'm going to say the Orioles. Um, I don't know about Flaherty and how well he's going to perform. I don't know if they think of him as like a top of the line type guy, but the fact that they're going for it, they're leading the AL East. They're, they look like a playoff team. I think everyone would have been really upset if the Orioles hadn't done something. Traden, you want you want to jump in real quick? Yeah, um, I I agree with you on the Orioles, but I just wanted to go back uh, and and give a quick two cents on the Mets. Um, it takes a lot of balls to mm -hmm. to to take all of these you know signings that they took and to completely wipe it away. I I think it's safe to say that they may be actually going into a rebuild mode. And it takes a lot of balls to do that. Swallow your pride and do that. And and if you know, as a Mets fan, you're pissed off at the season, but you're actually seeing that 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 they're willing to 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 potentially be like build and actually build a prospect pool and actually you know not buy their way in. 
um, and be, and that's how other teams are. I think it takes a lot of balls and I, th- and I tip my cap for that. Yeah. Think about the, the back of the baseball card that they traded. That's six Cy Youngs and an MVP and two first ballot hall of famers. They traded within about 24 hours. That's a lot of baseball royalty to, to trade away. So um, yeah, trading. And that's a very good point. All right, we're turning to the negatives. Tyler, we're going to just throw it right back to you. Who do you think either didn't didn't do enough, didn't get enough on who they were selling? Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I got a couple. The The first one is the Yankees. I mean, they just didn't they didn't do anything um, in, a, in a division, as we mentioned last week, uh, super, the best division. Now, every team in that division should go out and get a piece. And especially the Yankees, who are the fucking Yankees. And it's unacceptable to be in last place, which they are right now. Granted, they are have a winning record, and it's just because crazy weird year. But nonetheless, they are out of a they, they're they are out of a playoff spot and had a lot of needs that they did not try and go out and fill. For me, it just seems like a front office that doesn't know what to do. I think that they're confused that they're not in first place, and they're and they're just trying to bank on the fact that things are just going to get it turned around. Just doesn't seem like a a, a a team with a good plan right right now. So for me, the Yankees are a huge loser. And then we got to talk about, unfortunately, about the Dodgers and that Eduardo Eduardo Rodriguez situation. I think they needed to get another arm. It looked like that they that they were going to get one, and then uh, Rodriguez, with his no trade clause, said I, he he doesn't want to go to LA because you know his family's on the East Coast. Whatever um, is what it is. It kind of sucks, you know. Obviously, especially when you're that close to the deadline, there's not a whole lot. They don't have a whole lot of wiggle room to try and you know bounce around and make a new trade. So I think the Dodgers not really landing that arm they desperately needed was a huge L for, for, for them. Yeah. It seemed like the Dodgers were in on Justin Verlander till the very end, but it sounded like JV wanted to go back to being a Houston Astro and being a piece of shit. So there we go. Uh, James, what about you? Who do you think uh, didn't do enough or, you know, didn't get enough in in the return? I think real fast. I want to speak to Tyler's Dodgers thing. I think contrary to what, what he just said about Rodriguez, I liked the Dodgers moves is, his trade deadline. I really like bringing Lance Lynn, right? Innings eater. He's not having a, the best year ever, but he is an innings eater, which is fantastic. And then bringing in Joe Kelly, who was a fan favorite, throws gas. Everybody loves Joe Kelly. And bringing back Kike Hernandez and showing up the infield with Ahmed Rosario. I thought they made great moves. And yes, they, they lost out on one guy, right? But everything else they did, this trade deadline was fantastic. I like what they did. So you being a Dodgers fan and not liking that as much was weird to me. But to speak to the loser, who I think lost the most here, I think it's the Cubs. The Cubs made moves like they're going to contend. They didn't sell their best players. They should have traded Marcus Stroman. They should have traded Cody Bellinger, right? And they have this false sense of being good because of the strong second half of the season here. And all of a sudden, they're at 500 cool. But they're playing shit teams. They played 17 games this back half of the season, the second half of the season. 13 of those games were against Washington, the White Sox, Cardinals, all of which were sellers, all of which are terrible. And they think they're going to be able to compete with such a small sample size of this amazing second half where Cody Bellinger was hitting bombs and being like himself when they played awful teams. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to be good in the next couple of years either. They should have sold. So them making moves to not sell, they're a loser. Okay. I, I The Cubs put themselves in a very awkward situation. I think if they had lost eight in a row or whatever it was, they would have sold. But they won eight in a row, 
And they're th- I think they're also looking at their division and going, man, the Reds are not that good. The Brewers are not that good. We're only five back. Like, we could win the division. I see that. And with the Dodgers, I will point out, they are getting Clayton Kershaw back sooner rather than later and potentially Walker Bueller. That's Walker Bueller, obviously a huge question mark coming back from Tommy John. So those are two arms that are potentially coming back. I think it's just awkward that their big trade piece obviously fell through with the no trade clause with Erod. Uh, but trading, what about you? Who do you think uh, didn't yeah. do? Um, I actually completely disagree with the cup uh, with, J- with James's take on the Cubs okay. because they didn't even dip into the farm system and their other two rivals didn't do anything and they didn't lose anything. They got better. They didn't lose. Like, I, I think that's actually a pretty solid move. If you're, I mean, I mean, you could have sold everybody, but why, if, if, you know, if they're, if you're going to keep those guys and you're going to stay competitive and you don't, and you don't lose your, your, uh, your future, then I don't, I don't see a, necessarily a problem with that. Um, the loser um, to me, obviously is, is, uh, is Aaron judge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how the fuck, how the fuck do you sign Aaron judge at 31 years old, a not a nine year contract and don't give him shit to work with when it matters most when everybody else is except the Tampa Bay Rays who are my other who are my other uh loser because why the fuck aren't you going for it when everybody else is <laughs> like I, it's these teams I, I understand why the Rays are doing it the Rays are trying to stay competitive for all all the time consistently I think the Yankees and the I think the Yankees are kind of proving that that doesn't always work like eventually your your luck runs out and and everybody catches up the Baltimore Orioles are your biggest threat. The Baltimore fucking Orioles guys. I don't even remember even talking about them 3 years ago. And they and and they've they've kind of done something. Tampa Bay, your 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 window is closing. You have not won a World Series. Does anybody give a fuck if you don't win a World Series? No. No. Does anybody care that the that the Golden State Warriors almost had uh, had fucking nine losses in that one season but then got uh, reverse swept or whatever. There was a 3-1 uh yeah swing does anybody give a fuck about the regular season no i don't know what tampa bay is doing guys i don't i and and i think that they are just losers there aaron judge is a loser because once again the yankees i i, I think the yankees have proved to him that wow maybe he, they don't really give a shit about me or giving a shit about winning i think you're right tyler i don't think they know what the fuck to do because guess what the rest of the league is caught up and they're like, oh, we're not the greatest team on the le- in the, on the face of the earth anymore. We're maybe we're not the Yankees anymore. No, maybe you're not. There's other teams now. Wake the fuck up and actually learn how to manage a baseball club. Wow. That was a lot. I'm into it. Yeah, I think the Yankees thought they were going to be a lot better and we're relying on John Carlos Stanton, Josh Donaldson, Anthony Rizzo, DJ LeMahieu to be who they were five years ago. And if not, not been that way obviously Rodon being their big signing over the offseason uh and being hurt for most of the season and then ineffective since he's been back has not been beneficial uh other than the NL Central and the AL Central just doing nothing constantly and being jokes of baseball I'm gonna ignore them my losers are the Arizona Dimebacks they are in a position to compete for a for a wild card spot. They've really been fading. You really want to shore up that bullpen. And great, they make a trade for Paul Seawald from the Mariners. Fantastic. Looks like they're moving. And then they trade away Andrew Chafin, who is fine in the bullpen. He's not great, but he's a reliable arm. And you and same thing kind of with the Giants. Like the Giants and the Dimebacks did nothing when they're in a spot in a very tight 
NL wildcard race, assuming the Dodgers will continue to play well and will win the division, where they're fighting with the Marlins, they're fighting with the Phillies, potentially with the Padres, who inexplicably bought for no reason that I also don't completely understand. So there's a lot of teams that just didn't do anything that like you're in a position to buy. And maybe it's tougher because that third wild card spot, there's less teams selling and you can all, you know, five years ago, some of these, the Padres would have sold for sure. But now with that inkling of a third wild card spot, and then, you know, we saw the Phillies go on a run uh, and make the world series as the last wild card team last year. So I don't know. I think there's, there's def- definitely been some, some people that bought and good for them. And some people that were a little inactive that I, I wish as a general baseball fan would have, would have been a little bit better. Um, who knows this, it could all blow up in everyone's faces and these trades could go to shit in a week anyway. So we will, we'll just have to see, but um, interesting first reactions from the boys. Tyler, will you please update us on our newest uh, game records, matchups, whatever we're calling it. You said that so beautifully, Alex. Um, yeah, so our, our, our series picks of the week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Last week. Oh, boy, man. Uh, there was some moves being made. Um, Alex, let's start with you. Oh, uh, a big old a big old goose egg. 0-4 for Alex on the picks, <laughs> on the picks last week. <laughs> not not great. Uh, it, it, it was it was not a great week for Alex. On the flip side, oh. James, four and one. You got your extra point. By correctly picking the Braves to sweep the Brewers. So congratulations, you had the best week. Trading, you and I both a respectable two and two. Trading, you've been 500 the entire time. You're just right and nice and easy. Not too bad, not too shabby. Uh, so you know, you're 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 just you're just riding the the uh kit the kitty wave right now. So uh your overall record, you are at six and six. Uh, Alex, you have dipped to last place, unfortunately, at five and eight after after that bad week. And James, okay. you and I overall are tied at eight and five. So uh, yeah. th- th- those are our overall standings so far. So Alex, you're gonna need a big week uh, to kind of to kind of get back into the race. But like I said, things can flip very easily. Uh, but you picked the series this week uh, that that we're gonna that we're gonna go for. So what do we got with our series picks of the week? Yes. Uh, hopefully it goes better for me this week, but uh, if not, oh, well. Um, so same thing, kind of like Tyler said last week, I only picked series that are starting on the weekend since some of these games and these series are already in progress. Uh, I really, really thought about Dodgers Padres, but I couldn't do it because the Padres are not in a playoff spot and I didn't, I don't think they deserved it. So uh, weirdly enough, a team that's also not in a playoff spot, but has has been playing very well that James just talked about the Chicago Cubs are hosting the Atlanta Braves, the best team in baseball. Um, James, so we'll start with you since you're apparently a big Cubs guy. Uh, Braves, <laughs> Cubs, who you got? Braves sweep. Braves. Explanation, see what I said five minutes ago. Okay, I like that. Trade in Braves, Cubs. Oh, I don't think a sweep sweeps too hard here. Um, I'm going to say Atlanta does win, though. Okay, tie tie. Yeah, I'm also gonna go with the Braves. It's just hard not to pick pick this team. Um, I, I yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna go sweep. I I do I do think the Cubs are playing a lot better, but uh, still got to pick the class of the of the National League here. Okay, I like that. I'm also gonna pick the Braves. I don't think I'm gonna pick them to sweep, um, but I will I will pick the Braves. Uh, next one, a rematch of quite a few ALC recent ALCSs. ALC, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> trading, let's start with you. So the Astros 
and Justin Verlander will be visiting the Bronx and Aaron Judge, Astros Yankees. Yeah, here's my sweep: Astros sweeping the Yankees because fuck the Yankees. Okay, so Astros sweeping the Yankees, even though it's in New York. Tyler, Astros Yankees. Oh man, yeah, I the the Yankees just have not been playing great. I think the Astros are going to have a huge uh, boost of energy after getting their ace back. So I'm also going to pick Houston to win. I'm not going to pick them to sweep just because it's, it's on their own. The Bronx, very, it's very hard to do that, even with how the Yankees are right now. But I got Houston winning the series. Okay, James, Astros, Yanks. I got Astros winning three to one here. Um, Yanks are struggling hard. They're lining up Severino, who's probably been the worst pitch in the league at this point so far. And Carlos Rodon, who hasn't been the best either against an Astros squad that is really good at pitching and is now rejuvenated with Justin Verlander. So I, I got Ashes through to one. Uh, I feel like I almost have to pick the Yankees to try to get back into it. So fuck it. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to say they sweep. No, I'm going to call. Yeah, I'll say Yankees. I don't give a shit. Um, okay. Speaking of the AL East, though, this one is a good matchup. Toronto and the Boston Red Sox, both teams that kind of made moves. Um, Boston is currently two and a half back of Toronto in that last spot in the AL wild card. Uh, this is in Boston, I believe. Tyler, uh, Blue Jays set ass. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go Boston here, and I'm going to pick Boston with the sweep on this one. Um, I just like how competitive the, the, the AL uh, East is. Um, and I think at home, I think, you know, Boston, you know, is going to try and go for it. So um, I'm just going to, you know, I think that the sweep's a little bit of a, of a, of a Hail Mary, but I got to pick one and I'm going to go Boston here. Okay, you don't have to pick one. You just can to get an extra point. Well, that's, you know, you 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 have to pick one sweep. You have to. Oh, that's a new rule. I thought you just could if you feel no, no. like it. You, you have to pick a, you have to pick one sweep. You have to call you. You just sweep. don't lose points. Yeah, you just don't lose points. Well, then I would have picked a freaking silly matchup like A's Dodgers that's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> Blue Jays, Red Sox. Uh, Red Sox, two to one. I always look at pitchers like you guys know. Alec Manoa is pitching. Jose Barrios is pitching. Not looking that good for uh, Toronto. And also, Bo Bichette just went down for what seems to be a period of time. They added Paul DeYoung from the Cardinals. He's good, but he's not Bo Bichette good. So I think that takes a toll. So Boston 2-1. to one. Okay, traded. Yes, because I've been scoreboard watching for the last three weeks, and we absolutely need the Red Sox to win this series. Red Sox. Um, Red Sox 2-1. to one. Okay, I'm also going to pick the Red Sox. I think they've been playing really good baseball of late. I do think the Blue Jays are a better team, but I think the Red Sox have been playing really well, um, and their pitching is is kind of – they're figuring it out. I'm not really sure how, but the Red Sox. And then the last one, uh, James, I don't know where we're at, so we'll start with you. Marlins, who actually bought at the trade deadline and tried to get some pieces versus Max Scherzer's New York, uh, New York Rangers. That's hockey. Texas Rangers, uh, Marlins Rangers. Unfortunately, I'm not calling this as my sweep, but I do have the Rangers sweeping the Marlins on this one. Um, Marlins are kind of struggling. I know they made moves, but they're still struggling. And the Rangers are still a very good team. So I have the Rangers, unfortunately, taking this one over the Marlins. Okay. Trading? I actually have Mariners winning this. Texas is not looking good. Three and seven. By Mariners, do you mean Marlins? Marlins, that's that's a Yes. Why did I think you're? Why did I think I saw Seattle? But I am stupid. Yeah, I'm gonna say Mar- I'm gonna say Marlins. Same thing. I think okay. I think the Marlins need. They also need some wins. They're, they're tied for that wild card spot, uh, and they're gonna be hungry. Tyler Marlins Rangers. 
Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go against the grain a little bit on this one. I'm going to go Marlins as well, uh, just to try and gain some ground here. Um, not that I need to, it's me. It's not the smartest decision, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. The, the Rangers also have been playing great lately. So they're, they're, they're not giving me a, a ton of confidence. So I'm going to go with the Marlins, uh, taking the series here. I'm going to go Rangers. I know Corey Seager's hurt again, but I just think the Rangers will be kind of revitalized by the moves that they made. Um, and again, hard, hard to trust the Marlins, uh, especially after the big deadline move, David Robertson just blew the save that they just traded for. So not a good start from him. Uh, Tyler, that is it. Uh, thank you for letting me kind of take over. Um, but yeah, trade deadline was fun. We'll see how these all pan out in the coming weeks. All right. Thank you, Alex, for taking over that. Uh, again, we always like doing these uh, series picks and seeing where we fall. Um, that's what we got for baseball this week. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, it's hockey offseason. So trading is coming up with these fun segments. This one, we're going to basically, we're going to debate on what team is the best in every sport of all time. When we come back. All right, welcome back to the second segment. Uh, we discussed off air that I definitely did not understand the rules of this one, so I'm going to wing it while Alex and James uh, seem to read English better than I do, so um, this, this should be interesting. So we're not talking about the best franchise of all time, which I thought was the rule. We're talking about the best team of all time in each sport. Trade, maybe you can explain it better, because clearly I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, so sorry sorry. this was uh, miss. Uh, misunderstood in translation Tyler but um, I thought it would be fun to discuss who everybody here thinks is the best team not franchise so I'm, I'm talking like a year uh, you know between a regular season and a playoff of the best teams in each of our uh, each of the four major sports here in the United States and I guess North America should include that um and uh, so, again, it, it could be the th- 3 million Lakers teams, the 3 million Celtics teams, the couple Warriors teams, the and that's just basketball. It could be, you know, it could be whatever. And I know I'm using big numbers, but it seems like the, it's been the Lakers and Celtics forever until, <laughs> you know, at one point. Uh, and then there's a handful of, uh, of you know, uh, Bulls teams we could talk about. But that's just NBA. We're going all across the four sports. Um, so why don't we start with the NBA? since I've already said a bunch of teams. (laughs) So James, why don't you kick us off? Who is your best team in the NBA? Well, I mean, I picked one of the 3 million Lakers teams, uh, (laughs) clearly. But uh, the one I like to focus on the most is the 2000-2001 Lakers, 56 and 26. But then the big kicker is how they did in the playoffs, where they went 15 and 1. That team was incredible. I mean, led by Prime Kobe, led by Prime Shaq. They got Derek Fisher runs the offense. They got uh, Clutch with Robert Ory. You got a glue guy with Rick Fox and some great vets in like Horace Grant, um, Ron Harper, and Brian Shaw. And they're all led by Phil Jackson. This team was complete in every single way. It's like everybody had this persona that they needed to play, be it Batman, be it Robin, be it the glue guy, or like the extras on a scene whatnot. But they did that to perfection, and it showed when they went to the playoffs. Went fifteen and one. Yeah, fifteen and one. The, the is a is fantastic, and um, you know, I I think that they would definitely be up there on anybody's list, even if they're not number one in everybody's. I think they're definitely up there. Alex, you probably agree with that, but you maybe have someone different at all time. I do have somebody different. I have 
James, I love the Lakers, but you're wrong. Okay, the best <laughs> team of all time. Also Phil Jackson, but it's the 1995-1996 Chicago Bulls. They went 72-10, and 10, and unlike those Warriors that went 73-9, and 9, they won, which means they were the best. Um, obviously, that's prime MJ and Scottie Pippen. I mean, also just going into, you know, they in the um, Eastern Conference Finals, they beat a young Shaq who and Penny Hardaway who led that led that team who who had made the finals the year previously um, and lost to Hakeem and the Rockets um, and then went in and beat the Supersonics who had a 64 and 18 regular season record of their own which is pretty fantastic um, and then the and then the Bulls beat them in six games uh, that was just that team is incredible. I think if that Warriors team had won, there'd be a different different feeling about it. But because they didn't, which may be a little theme for a little bit later on, uh, is why I can't have that Warriors team as best team ever. Like that, I like that. Um, and I and I think a lot, you know, I think a lot of people would, um, you know, definitely have the ninety five, ninety six Bulls in the in the top, at least the top three. <laughs> if you yeah. don't, you're probably, you're probably even just that, even me, even even you know. Um, I, I'm going to throw up another team. Um, and obviously it's cause I'm a Homer, uh, and that's, what's going to happen. But it, it, for me, it's the 2016, 2017 golden state warriors. Um, a team that had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and dream green having one of the best, you know, seasons of his career. Um, uh, you know, obviously we know everything about Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're of the best scores in league history. Um, they did go 67 and 15, which is not as great as the year before, but they actually did win, um, losing only one game to win the finals, which is unfucking believable. To lose one game is ridiculous. Three sweeps, um, and you know, uh, almost a sweep in the in the um in the last one there. So uh for me, I know it's a little bit of a homer play, but I do I mean, even if you just look at the stats, if you look at how offensively uh you know gifted they were. You know, even even though everyone poo-poos Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors, it definitely helped <laughs> uh, them win. Um, so that that's my pick, uh, Tyler. You probably have something different. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I liked both. I like everyone's picks, but um, I'm gonna go with 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 a different one here. I'm also going with the Lakers team, but I'm gonna go with the '86 '87 uh, Lakers team. Uh, prime Showtime Lakers. Um, I think you know, obviously the the big story back then was that. Uh, uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird uh, rivalry in the Boston Celtics. And then the Lakers, the Boston Celtics, you know, pretty much had the Lakers number throughout the 70s and the early 80s. And this was the time that they finally got over that hump um, after not making the finals the, the year prior and the Celtics winning the, the, the year prior. They they beat the Celtics in in, in the finals in, in 87, led by obviously Showtime with Kareem and Magic and, you know, just the great squad that that, that, that has been on. Um, I, I, I obviously wasn't around that time, but, um, you know, I think also watching that uh, HBO show about it, I don't, know if, I don't know if you guys have seen it, um, was super awesome. So I'm, I'm going to go 86, 87 Lakers. Yeah. And that, there's no rule that you can't, that you can't pick a, a, a team that's not from our, or, you know, from a team that we saw. I mean, that, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, there's some crazy, <laughs> crazy good teams back then. And, and I, and I think that we all agree that 86, 87 Lakers are going to, you know, fall in you know, it fall in that top five. So um, not, not a bad pick at all. Um, when you have uh, magic Johnson cream and uh, James worthy, you're a, you're a formidable force to say the least. Um, all right, guys, what do you say? We go to the, ba- let's go to baseball. Let's go to, let's go to MLB kind of, kind of, um, you know, uh, throwing something different here. Um, 
Alex, why don't we start with you, buddy? Okay. Caveat with this one, because this has pre-integration. And mm-hmm. I do think that needs to get mentioned because it is not fair that not everyone was able to play. But if your team is the nickname Murderer's Row, you <laughs> fucking hit the ball. So it is the 1927 Yankees. Um, they are an all-time team. Just to put it into perspective, Babe Ruth and, and uh, Lou Gehrig, here are their numbers. Ruth, a 1.25 OPS, just a cool 60 homers and 164 RBIs. Lou Gehrig, also a 1.25 OPS, only 47 homers, but 175 ribbies. That team was incredible. Um, I do have a backup that is post-integration because I feel like that's fair, but I'll, I'll leave that in, in case somebody else doesn't say it. I'll say it a little bit later, but that 1927 Yankees, that's an all-time nickname. Those are two all-time players. Uh, that's an incredible team. Yeah, uh, re- re- absolutely incredible team. Um, no, 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 no doubt. Um, and and I, I do appreciate the caveat, but I mean, regardless, they did what they did, and and, and that's you know, and, and that's still cemented in history, regardless of how it was uh, how it was achieved. James, what about you, bud? I just, I mean, I like that pick, but I have such a big issue with the way stats are like taken from back then, because like. There's no way Babe Ruth hit seven home runs that went 600 feet. It's like probably not going to happen, but it's on there as a stat. 600 is an exaggeration. It's like 500 or something. But <laughs> the stats are like mind-boggling, bro. And I rest my case. Great pick, Alex. My pick for the MLB, 2018 Red Sox, mm-hmm. which is pretty much kind of like the Dodgers now because they do have Mookie Betts who won MVP that year, and J.D. Martinez, who had second in um, uh, batting average that year, too. They had 108 wins. They had great pitching by Chris Sale. And the fact that in the playoffs, they went 11-3, and and they beat two teams that had 100-plus wins along the way, like, that's incredible. So that 2018 Red Sox for me. Love that. Um, Tyler, why don't we go to you? Um, I think you're ready. I think you're probably most equipped for this one. What do you got? Yeah, I got this one too. It's another Yankees team. We talked about how shitty Yankees are now, but they didn't always used to be that way. Uh, so I'm going to go with the 1998 New York Yankees. 114 wins uh, in, in the regular season. They went 11-2 and two in, the, uh, in the postseason. They swept the San Diego Padres. I know that's crazy to hear in the World Series. Um, and this was, you know, you know, prime Derek Jeter, captain years, uh, kind of the start of that of that run uh, that that the Yankees went on in, in those late '90s and 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 uh, early 2000s, but I mean, you talk about a team that wins 114 games, which is the most the Yankees have ever won in their history, which is already an unbelievable thing to accomplish. And then on top of that, you do win the World Series. So for me, the 1998 Yankees is the best team of all time. Yeah, and I think most lists have them there. <laughs> so um, uh, absolutely ridiculous, um, you know, hitting stats um a sixth lowest era um a ridiculous 309 run differential that's absurd um for sure uh, i'm just gonna throw up another team because the 1998 yankees were mine but you know you got to be prepared to to pick another team um then 75 cincinnati reds um 108 games in the regular season winning that winning the nl by 20 20 games uh you know the trio of bench morgan perez uh combined for 457 hits 300 13 RBIs and OPS plus over 120. Tyler, explain what OPS plus means. 
Um, I know what OPS means, but I don't know what OPS plus means to be honest with you. That's just a, that's a deep stat that I don't really care about. I that think, is that, I think it's that's weighted. advanced. It's yeah, weighted, weighted based off like a hundred stats. Yeah. Um, but but uh, uh, offense aside, um, they were this you know sixth lowest in ERA that year, seventh best WHIP. Um, they had a two hundred fifty four run differential. Um, and a seven, three postseason record beating the Red Sox in world series. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely up there when you have sluggers like that and you have a pitching staff that can, that can, um, you know, keep, continue, uh, help you continue to win games, winning the NL West by 20 games with only having 808 game, you know, hundred and I don't, did they have 180 games back then as well, guys? I don't know, wow. but 108, 108 wins is ridiculous. Uh, so, uh, you know, gotta, gotta tip our hats there. So, um, and I think everybody agrees there. So. Um, let's move on to the NHL. Um, we'll move on to hockey. This one might've been the toughest for you guys. Um, I'm sure at least for, uh, you know, one of you, <laughs> James. So why don't we start with you, bud? What do you got? <laughs> yeah, guys, uh, my knowledge of the NHL goes back probably three years. So, um, I don't really look this one up. <laughs> 2009, 2010 Blackhawks, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith. I think that team really just set the tone for the next two championships that they won in the 2000, uh, 2010s. 52 wins. They had four players with over 60 points, which back then is a lot because scoring didn't really explode until recently. Um, and I think they had an amazing playoff too. Um, didn't watch any of it, but Wikipedia said they swept the Sharks, which was a big deal at the time. Yeah, that I mean, I, I think that of, of, the, of the really modern era, they definitely, um, you know, dominated especially in especially in a period of you know higher a little bit more co- competition in terms of defense and goaltending for sure relative to the, you know the the 80s which i'm sure one of us will talk about um but also it was the cap era and we all knew that the, you know the cap era changes the way even teams are constructed so um i i think that that is a great pick even if it's secluded if you're looking at just a modern area i definitely think that you could ar- you could argue that it's a, a, a one of the best of all time Alex, what do you got? Yes, this one might be a little bit weird, but I'm going with the 1982-1983 New York Islanders. So just to put this all into perspective, James, I hope you're listening. It's been a little history lesson for you, my guy. The <laughs> Islanders have been, had been a franchise for 11 whole seasons at this point. They had won four cups in a row. This was their fourth one. They were not the best team during the regular season at all. But they went in and just killed it in the postseason and then beat the up-and-coming Edmonton Oilers in the finals. Just to put also put it in perspective, the Oilers had won 11 of its 12 playoff games so far. They'd only lost one game. The Islanders came in and swept the Oilers. The Oilers did not win a single game. And just to, just to put out some names who are on this Oilers team, that Wayne Gretzky guy, oh, just Mark Messier, another all-time great. Glenn Anderson, Yari Curry, Paul Coffey, those are all-time hockey names. And they the Islanders only scored six goals in that entire Stanley Cup final and swept the Oilers and shut down one of the best offensive teams we'd ever seen. And then trading just to make you feel better, my backup was the very next year, Edmonton Oilers, where I think Gretzky had 208 regular season points or something. But the fact that they won four in a row blows my mind because that there weren't maybe that wasn't the best you know, version of that team, but the fact they won four in a row is incredible. hundred percent. That was incredible. Um, and actually it comes off of uh, the seventies where the Montreal Canadians won four in a row. And then in comes this dynasty, the Islanders win four in a row. That's something the Oilers never did. 
They never won four in a row. Um, and I mean, it, it, it's incredible to win two in a row, in my opinion. Um, but Alex, you're absolutely right. Um, but what that did is it unleashed the beast and the Oilers dynasty came about. But Tyler, what do you got? All right. Um, obviously, like, I think there was a lot of really good teams in the 80s. The, the Montreal Canadiens in the, in the 70s, I think it was a 76 team that went about 160 games. Uh, went went twelve and two to win their you know one thousandth uh, Stanley Cup or however many they have um, are some good ones. But I'm gonna go a little bit different. I'm gonna have a little fun with this one, and I'm gonna go with my 2014 Los Angeles Kings. I mean, just gotta look at the run they went on in the playoffs. They obviously started zero and three in that first first series against their 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 upstate rival in the San Jose Sharks. Went four in a row, winning Game Seven on the road. Next series. They played their 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 so-called rival in 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 the Anaheim Ducks. Had to win Game Six and Seven, seven Game Seven on the road to 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 win that series in Seven. Then they uh on the, in the in the conference final playing the Blackhawks, who they had played three consecutive years in the finals, to so kind of their you know playoff rival, so to speak. They beat them Game Seven on the road to make it a Stanley Cup final. And then they played the New York Rangers, their you know the kind of the geographical rival, New York versus versus L.A. Uh, winning, you know, was it three overtime games in in that series? Um, I mean, just the most clutch, the most gritty, you know, exciting playoff run that I think I've seen in my lifetime. And I'm trying not to be biased, but just that run alone was just such an incredible piece of just gut work, teamwork, and just an incredible way to win a Stanley Cup. Um, not just not necessarily through 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 pure dominance, but just through pure grit. Um, I think that 2014 Kings team was just unbelievable. They, they really were. Um, they, they really were um, unbelievable. And uh, I, I would argue they're better than the, I mean, I think we all argue that they're better than the 2012 uh, Kings that won and the that run was just magical, but um, they, they, you know, they, they didn't rely, they didn't rely much on their goaltending to, to do it. They, they dominated those games. So um, I, I absolutely agree there. Um, they caught, they caught fire. And, and I think that's a great pick. Um, I have two, um, I, I, Alex already kind of mentioned it, the 84, for me, it's the 84, 85, um, Edmonton Oilers, which is the second Stanley cup, uh, that they won in a row, uh, Wayne Gretzky, 208 points, that Yari Curry guy, that Paul coffee guy that yeah, blah, blah, blah. Mark Messier guy, just like Alex said, um, all, all, all with, a with one of the greatest Oilers go goaltender, if not the greatest goal, uh, Oilers goaltender of all time, Grant Fear back there. Um, just an absolute legend of the game, um, you know, broke the color barrier himself. And, 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 and so that's, that's a special moment, but he's just an absolute, uh, stud, um, Wayne Gretzky, 47 points, um, in the playoffs in 18 games, 37 for Paul coffee. I mean, there were three, six guys that were over point per game. <laughs> like also scoring was ridiculous back then. So it doesn't recount. Mine is what I remember as a kid. And it's a team that was, it was what we, what we look at the Tampa Bay lightning, um, now, but this is even you know bigger than that, and that's the 2001-2002 Detroit Red Wings. This team was ridiculous. Um, they, they had you know Chris Chelios, Pavel Datsu, Chris Draper, Sergey Fedorov, uh, led by Steve Eiserman. Um, there's uh, Nick Lidstrom, uh, Brett Hull, Dominic Hasek is, is your goaltender. Sergey Fedorov. These guys are. I don't. I think there's a, at least a handful of Hall of Famers on this fucking team alone. And um, this was also during a time where, you know, scoring was tough to, you know, tough to, um, you know, come by. And, you know, Brendan Shanahan led the led his team with 75 points in 80 games. That's I know that seems re like really low now, but that was, you know, fantastic. Um, and all of these guys have gone and most of these guys have gone on and now they're doing, you know, general managing, uh, you know, 
fantastic teams nowadays. Brandon Shanahan with Toronto, uh, and you have uh, Steve Eiserman with the uh, with the Red Wings now. Um, th- this team was ridiculous, and um, you know, back then they were they, they just scared me every time that um that they that they were on the ice with with your favorite team. So, um, they they are my pick. Um, so great, great there. Um, and I think we all agree all the teams that we picked were 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 definitely top five or at least in the top 10 um, for sure. So let's move on to the final one, James, this is your sport. This is where you shine. I am sure that you have a fantastic one. NFL greatest team of all time. 85 bears. Hands down for me. One of the best defensive teams to ever do it. I mean, they're 15 and one Super Bowl champs shut down teams to an average of what less than 10 points per game on average per opposing teams crazy i mean i really enjoy mike singletary and how good of a linebacker he was back then because i love linebackers and the fact that he coached the later on was really cool um but the pieces they had were just amazing you got walter payton walter payton has a man of the year award now uh, i just mentioned mike singletary and how good he was at football at linebacker they had jim mcmahon who was just a badass this dude had a don't give a fuck attitude at all times and did exactly the opposite of what his coaches told him, but it worked. He was supposed to slide feet first, but every single time he'd go head first, he's like, whatever, I'll do what I want. And it worked out perfectly. And Mike Ditka, who was the original people's tight end, was the head coach. An amazing team. They had, there was a stretch of time where they played three games and they outscored the teams. They played in three games, 104 to three. Monster team, 85 Bears. 85 Bears, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, you look, you look across the, you, you look across the the interweb and they're at the top of every list. So, uh, or towards the top of every list. So I, you know, I, how dominant they were is, is, is not lost on anyone. Um, Alex is someone different for you or that, is that, uh, is that, uh, Chicago Bears team yours? That Bears team is very good. James, I think you said they went 15 and one, you know, who's better those 1972 dolphins because they went undefeated. Also, I did not know this about them, but Bob Greasy was their starter for the first five weeks, broke his ankle, and then a backup led them through the rest of the season and then part of the way into the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl, which is wild to me. And they're still the only undefeated team uh, to go all the way and win the Super Bowl. Um, Most points scored, least points allowed. Those generally mean you're going to win a lot of games. And update, they won every single game they played, so... (laughs) Uh, yeah, the 1972 Dolphins. They they did, and what's 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 interesting about that team is they were the best in league in best in league for points for and points against, which means they weren't just dominating on the offensive side They're of the ball; they were dominating on the defensive side. Um, and I think that defensive side is a little bit lost. I think that's a you know it always is. It's always underappreciated. Uh, but when you add in that's that i mean and you go 17 and 0 i mean come on <laughs> it's ridiculous um that was mine but I'll, I'll i do have another one on deck but tyler your turn yeah the 85 bears are a great pick but i have to agree with alex here like i think the you can't beat perfect and that's what the dolphins were in 1972 they did not lose a game um all season long another fun fact from that season that i didn't know that i just read like five minutes ago was that the uh the conference championship was not hosted by a team with the best record it was on rotations they, they had to win the conference cha- championship on the road in pittsburgh and which we know how how great those those pittsburgh teams were back then so that's also another really impressive things that this that the 72 dolphins did did um accomplish there so yeah i, I think if, if the bears had not lost that that one game 
Uh, they would have been, I think, the undisputed like best team of all time. But I, like I said, you, to to go for perfection, their only team that's ever done that. I think you got to give it to them for uh, this pick. Yeah, that's that's another great team. Um, and you know, again, these all, all these teams are at the top of most lists. Um, for me, I, Alex already said mine, but I'm going to give a, a one out of completely left field. It is a team. It is the best team to not win the Super Bowl. Um, and that is the 2007 New York, uh, New York, New England Patriots. Um, no, they are not the greatest team of all time. I already, I, I already said that it's the 72 Dolphins. Okay. So <laughs> it's my game. I get to choose the rules. Um, <laughs> they, they were an unbelievably, you know, dominant offensively. Uh, they scored almost 70% more points than, than the league average, which is ridiculous. Uh, you know, this is peak Tom Brady. You know, uh, I, you could argue he, he has many peaks, but, you know, this was this was when he was a little bit younger and he could really sling it. Um, uh, Randy Moss broke Jerry Rice's touchdown record uh, ridiculously. But, you know, they only managed 14, 14 points against the the New York football giants in the in the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, that was a ridiculous game and um, it, it'll go down the, uh, as the as a prime reason why Eli Manning is should be considered in the Hall of Fame because he beat Tom Brady not once but twice. Um, and this was one of them against the best team to never win a uh, Super Bowl. They, I I think we can agree that this team is probably on most people's list if they do win that Super Bowl for sure. Um, they were that dominant. So um, that's all we have. That's four. That's four sports. Um, plenty of amazing teams throughout history. And maybe Tyler, um, I know that you want to do franchises. Maybe that's what I'll do next week. Is we'll do franchises so we can kind of culminate all of the history of all the leagues and and boil down to who is the best franchise of all time after we just um, argued and debated the best teams of the respective sports. But that is all I have this week. All right. Thanks, Jane. I'll, I'll, I'll keep my notes. So next time you do that, I don't have to do anything, any research for your segment. Uh, I thought that was pretty good research on me on the fly. So I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back on that one. Uh, but that was fun. I, I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, definitely some good uh, roundtable debates there. So uh, we got one more segment for you guys. We're going to continue on with James's 2023 NFL previews, and we're going to the NFC North when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. We got one more segment for you. Uh, we are continuing along with the great division previews and fantasy previews that James provides you ahead of the 2023 season. And we got the NFC North. James, take it away. Yeah, we were just chugging along here. The NFC North, not a fun division to talk about, really, but we got to do it anyway for the people. Chicago Bears finished last season 13 and, nope, not 13, 3 and 14. <laughs> I almost mixed that one up. They lost running back David Montgomery, but they gained wide receiver DJ Moore via trade. Deontay Foreman, Nate Davis, Rashad Green, Rasheem Green, TJ Edwards, and Tremaine Edmonds. For the 10th overall pick, they picked offensive tackle Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Tyler, how are they going to finish the season? You said the Lions, correct? Chicago Bears. Sorry. Okay. Chicago Bears. My bad. What the, the Wi-Fi went off for a second. Uh, the Chicago Bears. I got the Chicago Bears at 7 and 10. Um, I definitely think that they're going to start making some moves to be a better football team. I think they still got a lot of um, um, issues that they got to figure out. Um, I think, you know, Justin Fields, I think potentially can be one of the more exciting and better players in the game. I just don't think there's quite the team built around him quite yet, but I think they're going to be a little bit more competitive than they were 7 and 10. Alex. Can I pick 6 and a half and 10 and a half? You can. 
then that's what I'm picking. They're going to win <laughs> half of a game. No, um, I'll also go seven and 10. I think this team obviously got better. I don't know if they are, uh, I don't think they're a playoff contender. I know we talked about this months ago where we thought, oh man, the Bears have won the off season, but like they still got a lot of question marks. So I'm going to, I'll go seven, 10. I'll give them one extra win just because. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually agree with the guys here. I think, I think seven wins is perfect for this team. I, I think that, um, I mean, you look at, you look at how Justin Fields looks, uh, looked like, you know, towards the end of the, of the season and he looked much better. Um, and they, they, they built around him. They gave him some extra, you know, extra help. And I think that that's going to help them. Um, no, I do not think that they're going to be, um, you know, world beaters. I don't, but, but they're also going to benefit from two out of their three rivals, in my opinion, stepping down a little bit and coming down to earth a little bit more. And, and that helps. Um, so, uh, I, I see the Chicago bears not at the bottom of their division. Actually. I still have them at the bottom of the division with five and 12. <laughs> the offense looks better. Yes. I give you that. The offensive line looks way better. Uh, Justin Fields should take another step forward, but the thing is there's still a running offense in a passing league and Justin Fields hasn't presented the fact that he can throw yet. And, the defense is still very questionable for me. I don't – they used to be such a good team. 85 Bears, like I just talked about, historically are a very good defensive team. This season, season last, like they haven't been good since the Mack went bye-bye. Uh, it's it's going to be a tough look, and I don't know if that defense can – or that offense can overshadow how bad the defense is. So 5-12 and 12 for me. Moving on to fantasy, quarterback Justin Fields, ADP 53, quarterback 6, finishes quarterback 6 last season. Traded. Another year of experience for Justin Fields, solidified offensive line, help from DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. Is this going to be what defines him as a breakout season for him? I do. I I think I think he's slated to to have a breakout season. I mean, they're they're adding pieces around him. We saw we saw the team mature, or we saw him mature. You know, towards the, towards the end of the season last year, I think they were at like twenty three points per game um, from week seven onward, which would have ranked thirteenth in the entire entire. Um, uh, Rate of rank 13 for the entire season, which which means that he was actually starting to find some efficiency. He can move the ball. Uh, and I think that this is his opportunity to show and break out. Yes, he's he's gonna be he's gonna have a good season. Running back Khalil Herbert, ADP 127, running back 37. Alex, David Montgomery's gone now. So this this should be Khalil Herbert's show, right? But they also signed Deontay Foreman. So do you think this is gonna be more of a backfield by committee, or is this gonna be Herbert's thing? I, I think it's going to be Herbert thing just because we already expect Justin Fields to run quite a bit anyway. So I just I just don't think there's enough carries, I guess. We always talk about targets, but this one is carries between Fields and uh Herbert. So I, I do think he'll be he'll be the guy there. Um and unless something happens, I think Foreman will just be a, a backup piece. Wide receiver DJ Moore, ADP 64, wide receiver 24. Tyler, he is the bonafide wide receiver one of this offense by far, but this offense is 31st for wide receiver targets and runs the second most in the league. Is wide receiver 24 too high for him, too low for him, or just right? I think it's about right. Um, I think a lot of people are hyping this matchup up a little bit too much. Um, I, I, as you pointed to mention, I think they're, they're a heavy run offense. And, you know, you got a quarterback, as we've mentioned, that hasn't really proven he can be a great passer 
with a wide receiver that, you know, granted hasn't had the best quarterbacks, but isn't like, you know, the star wide receiver in the league. Like he's a really good wide receiver, but is he like an upper echelon wide receiver? He hasn't really proven he can, that he can be that yet. So there's a lot of unknowns and question marks there. So I feel like that 24 slot is pretty fair. Tight end Cole Komet, ADP 119, tight end 12. He finished the season as tight end number eight. Traded. He is on the field literally all the time. No tight end has more snaps than him over the last two seasons. Can he finish in the top 10 of tight ends? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I, I think he's going to do it again. And I had this conversation about, um, you know, Justin Fields and this guy with Justin Fields, you know, given the fact that he had a okay season towards the end, it was more okay than the beginning. Seven touchdowns, 544 yards. I mean, and a 73, almost a 73% catch rate or catch percentage. The guy is, is on the field all the time, which is a huge plus for a tight end. He gets touchdowns, which as we know, is the most important stat for a tight end, especially in the bottom of the barrel tight ends, which is beyond number five or whatever we, I don't, I don't know. I think it's usually after five, it's all about touchdowns. He's getting them. And he's, he's, I think we have a little bit more of a mature offense. This guy is going to, is going to have another top 10 tight end season. And I, you know what he, I'm not saying he's going to, but he's going to, he's going to push for top five. Oh, wow. Big words from trading there. Moving on to the Green Bay Packers finished last season, eight and nine. They lost quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Bye-bye. Wide receiver. I mean, to the New York Jets. They lost wide receiver Randall Cobb to the Jets. Wide receiver Alan Lazard to the Jets. Free agent. Adrian Amos to the Jets. Everybody's one of the Jets. So should we just call them the New York Packers? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the New York Packers. <laughs> they also lost Mason Crosby, the kicker, but uh, nobody signed him because he's old. They gained nobody. In the draft, 13th pick, defensive end Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. Alex, how do they finish? Yeah, I think it's going to be sad times in Green Bay. I'm going 6-11. and 11. Um, I just The Packers, I have no faith in them. Um you know, Jordan Love, we'll just have to see what happens. But yeah, six and eleven for the Packers. Trading. With the improvement of the Bears, a a new leader in the division, and a uh Aaron Rodgers less team, you're gonna win five wins if you're lucky. Um, I'm I don't have very much faith in I know the defense is gonna be okay, but is Jordan Love gonna do be enough? And I and I and I think he may it, it could either be great or it could be uh, or it could be whole. Horrible. I think he's going to end up sinking the ship. Um, unfortunately, yes, they do have a little bit of talent coming in, but they they didn't bring anybody in. I think this is going to be kind of a rebuild year. Um, also, fun fact: this is the first year since 1991 that the Packers have not been with Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. They went four and twelve that year. Yeah, so here we go again. I, I lied, gentlemen. This uh, I, the Chicago Bears are not the last team for me. They're going to tie with the Packers because I agree with trading five and twelve. All on Jordan Love's shoulders. He's probably not that good. Um, I think the Packers were good because Aaron Rodgers were good, was good, and now he's gone. So now they're going to be bad because that's how things work. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I kind of echo with what you guys are saying. You know, they lost a lot. They're definitely, you know, shed a lot of what they were. So they just got to go and rebuild. That's all it's going to be. I think the defense will hold them up a little bit, so it won't be completely pitiful. But yeah, six and eleven for me for Green Bay. Moving on to fantasy, quarterback Jordan Love, ADP 168, quarterback 26. We are not going to talk about him because he's going after an injured Kyler Murray. Running back, <laughs> Aaron Jones, ADP 36, running back 13, finished as running back nine last season. Alex, he's finished inside the top 10 in the last four years, but now he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. 
how do you feel about him finishing or being drafted in the fourth round? I think the fourth round is still okay because you probably expect him to have a big workload with, you know, with less of a trust in the quarterback situation. Don't expect him to finish in the top 10. Um, I think he's more of like a top 20 guy. So he's still, I think, a very good, you know, wide wide receiver running back two on your team. But top 20 guy, not top 10 guy anymore. Okay. Wide receiver Christian Watson, ADP 58, wide receiver 20. Tyler, he is now the number one wide receiver in Green Bay. Chris Godwin of the Buccaneers is going one pick after him. Would you rather have Watson from Green Bay or would you rather have Goodwin, who has Baker Mayfield as his QB? Wow. Well, yeah, my uh, waiver wire waiver wire darling from last year that that guy saved my season for sure you're welcome um, yes thank you uh this is a, that's a that's a really good question uh i'm gonna go with watson here because he's my boy um i think like i said number one guy i think hopefully love and one watson will build a good relationship enough to kind of i mean the bigger field bigger mayfield's trash so i mean I, I i just i just don't think that's gonna work out yeah, Bakerfield is not there. Bakerfield. Yeah. <laughs> Bakerfield. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next team. America's favorite team, like America's actual favorite team, the Detroit Lions, because everybody loves Dan Campbell. Let's be real. Nine and eight last season. Uh, there's news right now that Dan Campbell was trying to get a real lion to be on the sideline at the games. The owner of the Lions was cool with it. Roger Goodell and the NFL said no. So NFL, no fun league. They lost this offseason. A lot of people. Running back DeAndre Swift, running back Jamal Williams, cornerback Mike Hughes, wide receiver DJ Chark, cornerback Jeff Okuda, and defensive lineman Michael Brockers. But they did gain safety CJ Gardner-Johnson, running back David Montgomery, who was just from the Bears, cornerback uh, Emmanuel Mosley, quarterback cornerback Cameron Sutton, and cornerback Mac McLean. In the draft, they had two picks. They used the 12th pick on running back Jamar Gibbs from Alabama and the 18th pick on linebacker Jack Campbell from Iowa. Traden, how are they going to finish? Well, Jack Campbell's a save. Oh, I mean, oh, sorry, Jerome Jack Campbell. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, The Detroit Lions, I fucking love the Detroit Lions. I'm so fucking excited for the Detroit Lions to win the division with a solid uh, 11-game season. This is is your new class of the NFC North. Um, This is a team that, after finishing 313-1 the season before, went out and 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 uh won a nine and eight season and almost almost made the playoffs in fact they they won a game that they really didn't need to and they just completely fucked over the packers which is fantastic (laughs) which is just absolutely fantastic there's not very many teams that produce um better offensively than the lions they're fourth most in yards uh fifth most in points per game which is shocking because this is a this is a team that has jared goff i mean jared goff is not a world beater and he looked pretty damn good with his with his new with his new squad um the, the and i think that they're gonna uh who they signed in free agency uh you know cameron sutton and emmanuel mosley i think that provides some much needed defensive uh you know strength the the rookies coming up i think are gonna really help you still have aiden hutchison who's a fucking animal this is a team that is going to win the division and they are going to be looking for the the end goal for sure i like that i agree 11 and 6 for me i think they have the best roster in this division I'm really excited to see how they use Jamal Gibbs. I mean, like, people thought he was a reach at 12, but I'm excited to see what happens with him. Um, I love Amon Ross St. Brown. We talked about this a while ago, who my favorite NFL players to watch or position group for wide receiver. 
And it is Amon Ross St. Brown. He's explosive. He's so good. And I'm thinking about keeping him because of the Jonathan Taylor debacle going on. The defense took a very big step forward with all their signings. I agree with Trayton. Like, they look good. I'm really seeing, like, them to be a top eight unit this season. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I like like what you guys are saying, but I'm, I'm going to give them one more win than 11. I got 12 and five for the Lions. I think they're going to have a fantastic season. I think people are, are hyped about this team for good reason. I think they're they're built strong in the trenches, which is what you need to win in the NFL. And they got a lot of good playmakers on both sides of the ball. Like I said, some some great coaches. Um, this Detroit Lions team, I think, is going to have a great season. 12 and five. And Alex. I agree with Tyler. 12 and five. I think that defense got way better. I just think this team is ready. I'm going to give the Alex sign-off check mark that nobody gives a shit about, but they are going to win a playoff game for the first time since 1991. Oh, I care, Alex. I think you're doing great. I think you, I, I really care. I, so, love, I, I, I think, think that means. I something. think Jared Goff is like, oh, Alex just said that. We're good. That we're good. <laughs> I, I psyched him in high school, so I'll send him this. And he'll, he'll, okay. He'll get it. Moving <laughs> on to fantasy. Quarterback Jared Goff, ADP 156, quarterback 18. He finished as quarterback 10 last season. Traded. Why is he having such a big drop off from where he finished last season to where he's being protected now? It's interesting you bring that up. I, I actually, you know, I was just thinking about it. I'm looking at all the stats and I'm like, that's a, such a huge drop off from from where he's supposed to be ranked. And I, I guess they just think that, um, you know, other other teams are going to outperform. I, I, I don't quite understand it because this team's going to make a bigger step. And if he's drafted at if he's being drafted at 17, like what a steal anywhere above that. Uh, between between I would say 12 and 17 it's a fucking steal because this guy is gonna have a I think he's gonna have a better season so where would you draft him at what what quarterback number I, I'm comfortable right at I'm comfortable right at 11 I think that's a steal within itself wow okay running back Jamar Gibbs ADP 42 running back 16 he was the 12th overall pick that literally nobody saw coming and all good things are coming out of Lions camp right now it's crazy how much the hype is on this guy Tyler are you buying into this hype or is it just all talk? Keep in mind that in college in Alabama, 104 catches as a running back, 1,200 yards and eight receiving touchdowns as a running back. I'll buy into it just because, like I said, I, I like the Lions offensive line. I like the the how dynamic that their, that their offense can be. I like their coaches. I think he's set up to have a lot of success um, as a young athletic running back, which I think they – younger running backs as we, we can talk about in depth tend to do a little bit better um so i like this guy a lot and i think that he's a, a potentially really good fantasy option yeah and also running back david montgomery who is coming like we just mentioned coming from um chicago adp 95 running back 30 he finished as a widest or running back for 24 amid injuries with the bears last season javante williams from the denver nuggets alex is going one pick after him do you like Montgomery in a wide as a running back two in a high scoring running back room or do you like uh Javante Williams as running back one in Denver coming off an ACL okay I'm assuming you mean Broncos because you said Nuggets and then I got really confused oh yeah you mean Broncos (laughs) my bad uh I that's a great question I the injuries scare me for both of them honestly um I think you have to go Javante Williams if you think he's going to be the number one guy and is going to get more touches um, because I do think this, this backfield is going to be a little bit more split. Um, and I think you have to expect that the Broncos are going to be better than they were last year um, just based on how awful they were. So I think you go Williams, but I, I could, you know, 
feels that that's a great question. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Oh, Thanks okay. um, wide receiver, Amon Ross and Brown, ADP 19, wide receiver eight, finished with wide receiver seven last season. Trading straight up, would you rather have Satan Brown or CD Lamb? Amon Ross and Brown. I think he's just explosive. I think he's fantastic. I think Jared Goff is really settling in. I've already talked, you, you know, I like how you're using me because I'm tying it back to the, to the quarterback. It's all, they're all tied and, and that connection is going to continue to grow. Um, especially at, at the ripe age of, of 23. I mean, he has many, many years of being fantastic and it's only going to continue to, to expand with, uh, with the young Jared Goff. I, I love this. Um, I think, I think I would definitely take um, Ross St. Brown. Moving on to the Minnesota Vikings, 13 and four last season. They lost wide receiver Adam Thielen, or as Ty likes to call him, Adam Thielen. Uh, running back Dalvin Cook, linebacker Eric Kendricks, tight end Irv Smith, outside linebackers Darius Smith, and cornerback Patrick Peterson, but they gained linebacker Troy Reader, uh, outside linebacker Mark Davenport, and cornerback Byron Murphy. With the 23rd overall pick, they picked wide receiver Jordan Addison out of USC. Tyler, how does this team finish? All right, uh, Minnesota. Um, I still think that they're going to be pretty solid. Obviously, I know that, that they lost a lot uh, of pieces, but I still think that their core, especially on the offensive side, is still pretty good. So I got them at 10-7, and 7, which I think is probably a little bit higher than some people do. But um, even though they, they lost some pieces, especially on with, 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 with the running back, I still like this team. I still think that they got a lot of good pieces. They, they got a lot of chemistry still. Um, so like I said, I think we, I think we all agree that the lions are the, are the class of this division right now, but I think the Vikings are going to be right there hunting for a, a, a Walkard spot, 10, seven. I do not think the Lions are going to be the class of the division as much as I want them to be. I still got the Minnesota Vikings with 12 and five. Uh, they did lose a lot of people and they could, was cutting it close with all the one score games, but the connection between Kirk cousins and JJ is huge for me. And I could just be partial because I love Kirk cousins and watching quarterback on Netflix is amazing. And I'm, Really, really enjoy Kirk Cousins, but I, I still got to give it to him, man. Like they, that's a good. He's a good quarterback. JJ is the best wide receiver in the league. Like that's what's going to happen. And the defense took a step back a little bit, but I do think that they'll get it together towards the end and have a twelve and five record. Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to go kind of in between you guys. Um, I do think they they won. So I'm going eleven and six is what I'm saying. If Tyler's going ten and seven, you're going twelve and five, eleven and six. Math. <laughs> uh, I am. A, I do think the. I do think the Vikings are very good. Um, I do think the connection between Kirky and JJ is is great. Um, but they won too many close games. You would have to assume that's going to come back to the mean a little, little bit. Um, I still think the Vikings feel like a very good playoff team. So I'm going to go 11 and six. And then trade. I think they're making going to take a big step back. I have nine and eight. Um, I I'm I am very confident in that. I I agree with you guys. The connection between JJ and, and Kirk Cousins is, is it's incredible. And and adding in Jordan Addison only gives Kirk Cousins even more opportunity to to sling the ball. They did not address the defense, and 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 they they allowed second most in yards last year, fifth most in points per game, and with such a fantastic offense, you think that they would actually win enough more games. They're just too close to games for me. Like they, they, they won off the skin of their teeth and that that's scary. And I think with other teams coming up, I think that that's going to be a problem. Also, you don't have Dalvin cook. You're going to be throwing the ball almost all the time. And is it going to be enough? Do you have enough dynamic offense, you know, uh, on the ground to, to continue to win games? I, I think they're going to take a step back. Okay. Moving on to fantasy quarterback, Kirk cousins, ADP 100 quarterback, 11, Finished as quarterback eight last season. Tyler, he's going six picks ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Who would you rather have? 
I'm going to go Cousins just because I feel like, um, like I said, he has that built-in chemistry already. You know, Rodgers, he has some familiar uh, wide receivers, but nonetheless, it's still a, a, a huge new environment for him. Older, I think Cousins is still in the prime of his career in, in, in that window with, you know, probably the arguably the best wide receiver. That alone, I think, puts him over Rodgers. Okay. Running back, Alexander Madison, ADP 69, running back 22. He finally gets to be the number one guy in Minnesota. So, Alex, I know we had talked about this a couple weeks ago uh, when we talked about James Conner, who was going one pick before him. And you said that you can't trust Madison. Like, he's been the guy sometimes, but you were like, he's not, he's never really stepped up to the plate. He is currently projected for 880 yards rushing and eight rushing touchdowns. What do you think he ends up with? Yeah, I can't trust him uh, because we have, we talked about with Dalvin Cook all the time Dalvin Cook would get hurt and then Madison would be the guy you pick up on the waiver wire and then he'd have four points the next day so I'm out on Alexander Madison I I or you know or I, I gotta see him prove it so um and unfortunately I think with uh Justin Jefferson being on that team and that wide receiver room being pretty good and spoiler alert the tight end being pretty good um I just don't know how much work he's gonna get so I'm thinking more like six scores 750 to 800 yards. It's not actually not terrible at all. Wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, ADP one. Wide receiver, obviously one if he's ADP one. Finished the wide receiver one last season. Best, best wide receiver there is right now. Tyler, consensus over one, number one overall pick in fantasy. What is the likelihood, consider every aspect, him getting injured, Kirk Cousin getting injured, the likelihood of that. What is the likelihood that he finishes number one in wide receivers again 80 percent, very high i mean i think these guys are still like i said very much in the prime of their careers and there's no reason to doubt that so i think like i said the only reason that's going to throw that off is what can you mention those outside crazy factors if they get hurt or just something weird crazy happens um which can, which is always a possibility so you, you can't guarantee it but i think it's a very high possibility that he's number one again this year so pick a number one overall because 80 yeah. percent of the time he's going to be correct uh, last but not least, tight end TJ Hawkinson, ADP 43, tight end three. Last season, he finished as tight end number two. Trade in, tight end guy. Uh, TJ Hawkinson last season averaged 9.6 targets per game. Last week, you said that Mark Andrews was a tight end one because Travis Kelsey is in his own tier, and we get that. Um, but after looking at his stats, you see that TJ Hawkinson is seeing a 24% target share. Do you think that Hawkinson can compete for Andrews for that tight end one spot, or is, is it still all just Mark Andrews? Yeah, you know, after after doing some research on this team and 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 looking at these stats, and also taking into a taking into the uh, you know account that Dalvin Cook's gone, and we don't trust Alexander Madison. Alex, I don't trust him either, so I'm with you there. You 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 almost think that TJ Hawkinson is going to be targeted even more. And, and that, and there, we could have a one, a one B situation where they're battling till the very end. And, and I do think that given, given the, uh, the breadth of the prizes that Kirk Cousins has, TJ Hawkinson is another one. And I absolutely think that he's going to battle for that number one spot. Um, it's so weird to say that number one spot tight end, but I love how everybody is in on the joke. Um, he, he's definitely going to be competing for that number one spot. Um, and just given the fact that the, the offense is a little bit less dynamic in terms of on the ground, as I mentioned, um, and you know, we, we saw what he did. He, he, you know, even still, he still got targeted a plenty, plenty of times. He got six scores. I think, I think he's slated to have another great season. Very cool. And that wraps up the NFC North. Um, just a quick recap here. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are not in this division. Just so you know. Oh, uh, 
<laughs> the Detroit Lions is the favorite, but you can't have a real lion on the field. Um, and then Justin Fields is going to have a breakout year. So that pretty much wraps up the NFC North. Thank you, James. Yes, Denver Nuggets, not a part of that division. Uh, love it. Uh, I think I think everyone's always more prepared for both the, the football season and fantasy season. Um, and we we can't wait for that to kick off pretty soon here. Um, so we're, we're, we're getting closer and closer uh, to that. And that's going to wrap up episode 159 of TLDR podcast. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Make sure you share it with your friends and family who you think will like a little bit of sports talk and some, you know, just four four dumbasses just talking to uh, to each other. It's always a it's it's a good entertainment listen in my opinion. So might as well listen to it. So hope you hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, thank you again for hopping on and 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 taking a listen. And have a great week. And I will see you in I will see you in two weeks. You'll see the rest of us next week. Have a great one.